Idaho Food Foundation was started really with the goal of focusing on business solutions to support employees around financial stability. From Deergo Collective, this is Responsibly Different. Sharing stories of certified B corporations and our journey of joining them in leveraging business as a force for good. I'm Ben Marine, and for those of you that have been following along, you may remember my conversation with Sarah Marcus, the director of open hiring at Grayston. It was in my conversation with Sarah that I learned about Rhino Foods. Sarah had mentioned that they were also exploring open hiring and had some really innovative ideas of their own. They also produce all of that super delicious cookie dough and Ben and Jerry's ice cream, so of course this piqued my interest. I headed over to the Rhino Foods website to learn more, and I was blown away. They have an income advance program, open book policy, and even a worker exchange program. I couldn't wait to learn more and share their story and ideas with all of you. So to share that story from Rhino Foods, here is the Director of People and Culture, Caitlin Goss, and Co-Pack Manager, Rooney Castle. Uh, To kick us off, uh, Rooney and Caitlin, if you would, just kind of introduce yourselves and share with us how you came to Rhino Foods and what your current role is. Sure. My name is Caitlin Goss. I'm the Director of People and Culture here at Rhino. I've been here for just about three years, and I came to Rhino after studying at the University of Vermont Sustainable Innovation MBA program. Uh, My MBA class actually came to Rhino as part of a class to really learn about uh, the the business, the family-owned business, the B Corp values, as they focused uh, really closely on the social impact work I was I was studying in my MBA program. So came to learn of Rhino that way, and then landed here after graduating. That's great. And what about yourself, Rooney? Yeah. So um, my name is Rooney Castle, and um, I am our program manager. So I sort of do a bunch of different things, wear some different hats. Um, I've been at Rhino for I think I'm coming up on nine years, but um, how I got here was I was sort of uh, born into it. So a family business. So although I've been actively involved for only nine years, um, have been sort of grew up around the business. And of course, as a, as a kid and you grow up with a, a business that's making cookie dough, there's often lots of times when you're stopping in and seeing how things are going. So that's obviously how I uh, came to the business. I had um, done some different stints over the years here part-time through college, a little bit after college, and actually came back to work at Rhino after being abroad for a few years doing some traveling, and I came and was working out on our production floor as a batter maker for about seven months with a plan to make some money and hit the road again and travel, and um, that was about nine years ago and never left, so uh, still here today. That's great, and I'm curious to learn about how Rhino got started. What are some of the roots behind Rhino and how have they evolved over the years? I can um, tackle that one. Um, so as I said, it's a family business. So it was started by my mother and father, Ted and Ann. Um, they originally had opened up. They were both back in Burlington. They were um, went, both went to UVM, went off and did some different things. But eventually both ended back um, in Vermont and Burlington. And... Um, they opened a uh, essentially a snack bar in the Winooski Mill, um, and they were in the in that um, 
snack bar. They were selling some different ice cream products, and they're also doing some wholesale um, products out of that snack bar, um, such as cheesecakes or brownies to different small local businesses. And so that was, at that point, it was called Chessie's Frozen Custard. And how that sort of developed into Rhino was one of the products that over the years they sort of were making um, was a tub of cookie dough that was sort of like a scoop and bake cookie dough that was being sold to Ben and Jerry's for their scoop shops, their franchise scoop shops. Um, that still today we actually sell. And if you go into a Ben and Jerry's franchise, um, they have our cookies that are as our cookie dough that they bake off in the shop. So that was a product that they were making back back in the day. And just sort of was actually blind luck that my dad happened to be walking around in Ben and Jerry's one day, would sort of walk past the R&D lab, and he saw them experimenting with uh, the tub of cookie dough. And um, he sort of asked, what are they doing with that? And they, they said, you know, we've had some interest in the flavor where we're taking this cookie dough and scooping it and putting it sort of into or on top of our ice cream, and it's going selling really well at these scoop shops. And so we're trying to figure out how to put cookie dough into um, pints or into our ice cream. And he said, well, why don't you let us help you with that? And a long story short, it took him about two years in a collaboration with Ben and Jerry to figure out how to get sort of that ooey gooey good cookie dough that stayed in that nice chewy form, but also worked through their system and their process. And so um, that's really how Rhino evolved into an ingredient manufacturer for the ice cream industry. And, and Rhino is still the primary producer of cookie dough for Ben and Jerry's, right? Correct. We still um, supply the chocolate chip cookie dough to Ben and Jerry's and a variety of different cookie doughs, and we also service many other customers um, in the packaged ice cream uh, space as well. That is so cool. And and the other thing that I find really fascinating about you all is you have some really cool programs that you all have going on at Rhino that I'm excited to dive into. Um, let's start with your income advance program. How exactly does that work? is a program that is designed to really meet the needs of our employees when they're facing financial instability. So it is a program that we partner through a local credit union, North Country Federal Credit Union is our local partner. And it is, uh, an employee has a need and it's a no questions asked day of loan. So an employee can come and request that loan without any judgment and within 24 hours, get up to $1,000 um, to be able to meet that immediate need. It's paid back through payroll deductions out of their weekly paycheck, um, and it comes out of a savings account. So as uh, employees are paying back that loan on a weekly basis, they are building credit. And at the end, when the loan is paid off, it automatically continues to roll into a savings account which for many of our, uh, we, we see over 90% of our employees continue to save um, after they've paid off the loan. So it's really, it's quite simple, um, which is part of the magic of the program. It really supports employees if they are facing an immediate financial need. And it was born out of an idea years ago, um, over 11 years ago, um, really of trying to be able to meet direct needs when employees are coming to HR, coming to our CEO and having problems, you know, their their car broke down or their hot, hot water heater broke and they didn't have somebody to go to or they didn't have money in a savings account. And so Ryan is really proud to have that program in place and over the years we've grown the program um, and really scaled it. And there are lots of Vermont 
companies and many, many B Corps around the country that are also doing income advance. The only thing I would add to that um, is that, as Caitlin said, it was really born out of that need of you know, recognizing the need that a lot of employees were coming and saying, hey, can you, you know, I get an advance of my paycheck or, hey, Ted, can you loan me $500 to help with this? And um, what we were finding is we were also losing folks. So when these certain situational emergencies would come up, you know, people have their tough choices to make. If you've got to deal with, you know, a, a sick kid at home or your car breaks down, you're not able to get to work. You know, as a manufacturer, we rely on consistent attendance. So we were actually losing really good people, not because they weren't good workers, but because situations would happen um, that would cause them or their lives to sort of take a turn or to spiral. So it was both, you know, in recognizing a need of people need this help. And also from a business perspective, we instantly saw the impact of helping folks in those situations that they were able to stabilize rather than spiral. And therefore they stayed employed, which was a great benefit for everybody. That's great. I'm curious, how long has that program been around and what have been maybe some of your favorite success stories out of it? It's been around for over 11 years now at Rhino. Um, and we have out of, you know, it's really spread organically by word of mouth and by sharing what's been happening with lots of other companies. And a few years ago, we started the Rhino Food Foundation. Um, to really spread the program and share the, the income advance idea to other companies. So that really gained a lot of momentum, and we've been working on that for the last couple of years. Um, favorite stories. It's, it's, hard to, uh, it's hard to even narrow it down because I feel like there's lots of anecdotal stories. And, and I'm, I'm always hesitant to tell other people's stories, so I guess I'll tell my own um, or have income advance, which – as someone who's worked in HR for a long time, and often, you know, in HR we get lots of questions, and we're, you know, there's often situations where we're not able to really help somebody, right? Somebody comes and they've got something going on outside of um, outside of work, like Rudy talked about, that's really challenging. And I think for me, the the real special part of Income Advance is it is very simple, and it has very, very few barriers to access. And so for me, when I came to Rhino and started to be part of this program, there was, there's been many moments where an employee has a situation, and without this program, I would be sitting in the spot of saying, there's nothing I can do for you. Or that sounds really hard, but I don't have an answer. I don't have anything. We're armed with income advance. And it's not the perfect solution. It's not always the solution. Um, but it's certainly been really helpful for many, uh, many employees here at Rhino. And it's also, for me, been having those conversations with other HR uh, people at, at other B Corps and other companies when we talk about income advance as we're, as we're sharing it. And then a couple months later, circling back with them, they say, yeah, I got to have that conversation with the employee. I got to, I got to have that. Um, conversation where I'm able to help somebody really directly and carry that through. So that's how it's really impacted me. And certainly we've got many uh, stories on our website highlighted. Maybe Rudy wants to speak to a couple um, that have been really special. Yeah, and I think there are some that, again, we typically don't know. So we really know the stories of what has, has people have used the money for if they decide to tell us. So it's a no questions asked alone. So that's an important part of it. Um, so we're not sort of the judge and jury of who gets the money and who doesn't. Some stories that have been told, you know, it doesn't always need to be situation of situational emergencies. 
can also be for positive things. A lot of times people use it around the holidays to help them buy gifts. We've had folks um, use the money towards engagement rings. Um, one of our employees spoke publicly about, you know, how his first loans really started out as those emergencies where he needs some immediate housing needs, um, but then he continued to use them and eventually was using them essentially to help build credit so he was able to um, buy a car or another employee to be able to put a down payment on a house. So we do see a lot of employees using them for situational emergencies. And then sort of, to me, the success is when they are able to use them, build that savings account, and then turn them into, you know, more positive purchases, if you will. So those are a couple highlights, I would say. Cool. And Caitlin, you mentioned that uh, there was a fund. Did you say it was the Rhino Food Fund? Foundation, foundation. So, how does that work? Like, if comp- like if somebody's listening right now and they're like, "Oh my gosh, that's the coolest! I want to learn more. I want, you know, I, I want to set it up at my company." Is there a link that they go to, or is it like a is it like a course or seminar that folks take, or, or what, what does that uh, foundation do? Yeah, there's all of those things. So that's a great question. You should go to incomeadvance.org, um, and that is your one stop shop. There's a full guide on how to do it. So there's a part of the guide that's really that, that we call convince me. Um, and that's really the pitch. That's talking about all the, the reasons you would want to do it, talking about what the risks are, kind of what the details of, of kind of some of the data and, and stories, success stories we've seen. And then there's a teach me part of the content. And that's really if you're sitting listening to this in your business and you say, hey, that's something I might want to do. We, part, we partnered when we launched this with B-Lab to collaborate and create this online learning tool to really walk people through how to set up an income advanced program at your company. And the Rhino Food Foundation uh, was started really with the goal of focusing on business solutions to support employees around financial stability. So the foundation is a separate Entity closely linked to Rhino, um, and we've got a team there that's really excited to help spread Income Advance and help support organizations as they explore and launch Income Advance. So I would, uh, yeah, I would just suggest people if you are interested, we'll send the link. Hopefully, you can post it along with this. But IncomeAdvance.org, contact us. We love to talk about this, and we love to pass it along to businesses and. I think the really, really special part about this from a kind of organizational part is it really is quite simple. Um, and often I think we hear that, you know, with programs like, oh, there's not that hard to, to, to set up and then it turns out to be really hard. This one actually is quite simple. So we've, uh, we've seen a lot of success and growth in it. So we're, we're eager to have more people check it out. That's awesome. I'm curious along that, that vein of income advance programs, is there like any common misconceptions that you hear about that we can kind of squash right here and now and kind of dispel for folks? Yeah, I think one that we often think of is, well, what if we just pay people more, right? What if, you know, maybe people only need this loan because they're not being paid enough, but there are statistics out there that, you know, I'm not going to get it exactly right, but a very high percentage of Americans don't have $500 in a savings account. And this impacts people across the economic spectrum. So it's not just um, frontline workers. It can be anyone who runs into financial instability. And so I think that's um, probably the number one misconception, I would say, that this is not 
something that you can ignore or should ignore if you feel like you're paying people really well. We're really proud at Rhino to pay a, a living wage. Uh, we pay everyone above $15 an hour. And so we, you know, but we, we also realize there, there is potential for people to run into situations that they might not be planning for. And so that's, that's definitely one, maybe, um, yeah, I, I would also add that a lot of folks say they, they have a program that sort of does something similar to this where they're able to loan money out um, through their business in a different format. And that's certainly great. And what, what we would sort of highlight and encourage is to, the beauty of Income Advance is that it's not through Rhino. So it's, it's all really through the financial institution. And so not only does that make things less complicated for Rhino, but it benefits the employee because they now are establishing relationships, as we've talked about, with that financial institution, which for many of our folks is the first relationship they start to have. So you get that component where as they're paying off their loans, they're building credit. When companies just keep it in-house and do it themselves, you're missing that piece, which really was a, you know, sort of almost like a, a benefit that we stumbled upon. It wasn't um, thought about originally. That really is the most impactful thing of the whole thing, um, of the whole program. So I would just encourage folks to think about that. Even if you do have a program that sort of works along the same lines, um, that's great. This takes it one step uh, one step further and really establishes that relationship that hopefully builds them into the future. That's amazing. That is so great. And with with that, there's so many other programs you guys have. You also have open book management. Can you describe that for us and what it looks like in practice? Yeah, and this has been, um, I think it's sort of evolved over time. This is something that I think Rhino was really strong at and proud of early in, its, in, in the beginning when the business was much smaller, a lot easier to sort of have a, a smaller team, more engagement, involvement, and visibility. I know that was something that Ted and my father was really um, interested in. Um, he comes from a, a background of sort of playing and, and coaching hockey, um, and so he really has a team approach to most things um, and transparency is really important and he even to this day his focus is really trying to help employees think like owners so his his philosophy is that people know what's going on they they understand the financials or or they have access to those financials um, and they see what the business is doing good or bad um, almost more importantly when things are not going well that allows people to really dig in and engage and think like owners versus just having things sort of happen to them and not really understanding why or how. So we share any and all financial information outside of people's um, pay. Um, But other than that, we would answer any questions people have. We talk openly at monthly company meetings about the profitability of the business on a monthly basis. It's been a bit of a journey, but really the concept here is transparency, openness to help employees feel engaged and think like owners. In the implementation of that, were there any hurdles in trying to figure out how do we provide this transparency in a way that, that's that's productive and helpful? Yeah, I could take a guess at it. I wasn't involved uh, at that stage. I was, you know, a little younger, but not officially in the business. My, my guess is there's always there's always hurdles and challenges. I think there's probably fears to to really open up the hood and say, here's what's going on. And, you know, Rhino's had, it's like any business, it's fair share of ups and downs. So um, I think the fear is when things aren't going well, people are worried and saying, oh, no, you know, what's that mean? Should I be, you know, do I need to jump ship? Um, and the fear maybe also when things are going well is, 
you know, uh, well, how come, you know, we're not seeing more of that or, you know, what was being done with the profits, those types of things. So, I again, I can't speak for it from a first hand, but I'm guessing that there was a, a fair share of, of, you know, questions, reservations, or unknowns about opening um, the hood. And I think as we have continued to grow, we have continued to figure out at every stage of the process how to educate employees, how to share information, you know, as Rhino's gotten bigger, we are now 220 employees across three shifts where uh, we have a very diverse workforce in terms of language languages that are spoken and, um, you know, experience in different uh, types of business. And so trying to figure out how to continue to get better and better at sharing information and, and communicating that information I think we're always learning. So every time we do it, we, you know, we're never at a place where we think, you know, hey, hey, we really, we've figured it out and we're done trying to work on it. We're constantly trying to kind of evolve and iterate how we, how we share information, how we answer questions, how we explain things and, and make sure we're, we're living into this. That makes a lot of sense, and I think it explains why you all have so many just really incredible programs. Uh, another one that I'm really excited to, to explore is this employee exchange program, which I feel like makes so much sense, especially for seasonal businesses. How did that come about, and how what does that look like present day and into the future? How do you find those businesses that you partner with? And I can jump in and give a little bit of the, the historical context. Um, Again, just like Caitlin said with the income advance, it was just it was a, a program that came um, out of sort of a business need or even like a just sort of business observation of what was happening. Um, Rhino was a, especially at that time was a very seasonal business. We were doing a lot in with ice cream products, and so we had certain times of the year when we were super busy, and we had certain times of the year when we would slow down. And what we really were trying to do was not do a lot of you know letting go and, and bringing people back. Um, that's challenging both on the business and, of course, on the people who are experiencing it. So, again, these ideas typically don't come from the top down. They're often from the bottom up. And the concept here was, rather than laying people off, let's see if there's opportunities knowing that there are other seasonal businesses in the area that we could loan employees out during our slower times that might coincide with another business's uh, busy time and have them still be Rhino employees and be ambassadors of Rhino, have full-time work. And then when we need them, we have employees that are, you know, uh, know Rhino, are loyal to Rhino, and are able to come right back to work and are trained, ready to go, rather than having to start fresh. Um, so for a good example would be a fellow B Corp partner, Lake Champlain Chocolates, they're a mile and a half down the road, and we often have sort of counter-seasonal peaks and valleys with them. And so they've been a long-term partner um, in this program. Caitlin can certainly speak more to, you know, the future and how we're doing it today. Sure. Yeah, I think we're, you know, certainly like Champlain Chocolates has been a, a great partner and, and they're the ones we've worked with most recently. And I think we continue to think about um, other partners and have those conversations and, and try to really be proactive in figuring out how to make sure we can maintain stability in our workforce and keep people on our payroll, on our benefits. And, and also, we've seen great benefits to use this as a way to really engage some of our leaders uh, in our workforce. So, sending people out to other companies to learn what they're doing and then have them come back and say, hey, Lake Champlain has, 
has, you know, these three things that they're doing in their break room or on their production floor or for their safety program and why isn't Rhino doing them? Hey, we love that, right? So it makes us better and, and helps our team continue to grow and expand their skills and so um, continuing to look for opportunities to do that. Yeah, it's, it's actually become a thing, like you know, said, that is really engaging for folks. So it's not like, it's, you know, you're getting picked to go and it's like a negative thing. We actually have people almost apply to be the ones that Absolutely. have to go. So if we have three or five spots to go to like Champlain Chocolates, there's there's a lineup of people who are asking to do that um, versus it being like, it's a, you know, everybody's hiding in the corner trying not, not to get picked. So it, that just sort of shows, again, that it's a nice engagement tool um, for folks. That is really cool. And I'm curious if that program is also one that you've had a lot of inquiry from other businesses about how to incorporate. We do. You know, we ask, we'll have other businesses hear about hear about the program and reach out. And we're really happy to share the nuts and bolts, the MOU, you know, examples of MOUs and, you know, different, uh, different kind of paperwork and, and how we set it all up in terms of logistics and also we often get questions about who we partner with and, and, you know, are we willing to partner with others? So we love, we love both kind of locally connecting with, with other businesses that might be interested in, in working with us. And then of course uh, we love to see it being replicated and, and uh, investigated from other businesses across the country as well. With all these really incredible, innovative ideas in the workplace, I'm curious if there are any other models that you're working on or implementing or Kind of experimenting with. I, I know um, when we interviewed Grayston Bakery, they had mentioned um, open hiring, and that it was something that you all were exploring. Is that something that you guys are are currently working towards, or are there other innovative ideas that you guys are experimenting with? We're always talking about innovative ideas, and uh, <laughs> maybe we laugh a little at that because I feel like we're always bouncing stuff back and forth and trying to think about how how we can be a, a little bit of an incubator here and play with innovation and, and different ideas and really source ideas from our employees. I think one of the biggest things that um, is really exciting about Rhino is, is trying to really um, be open to new ideas and listening to um, employee needs and really starting with that. So, so we're, we're, always, we're always dreaming and scheming in some way. But around open hiring, we we are certainly working on it. Um, so Grayson is, is far and away the experts, and so we have been learning from them, and we have really been on a journey around inclusive hiring. So Rhino is really proud to have a, have a really um, diverse workforce. We employ just under 40% new Americans and refugees many who are English language learners. We have uh, folks who are formerly incarcerated, people in recovery, and people with lots of other barriers to access. And so we have um, been working on this for a while and, and um, have really doubled down to think about and learn from Grayson around the open hiring model and really put, um, put this into place. Um, and we are continuing to iterate and learn and explore what this looks like and build out a program here to really support people. And a lot of what we're working on around that is really how do we build a model that removes judgment as people are coming in and really refocuses resources on how to support people to be successful once they're here. And so we have built out in the last year and a model around um, hiring in a cohort 
and really having a, a really integrated and focused onboarding and training um, when people first join Rhino, and then continuing to have wraparound support services uh, to help people be successful both here at Rhino and outside, uh, outside Rhino, outside of work in their personal lives. And so we are constantly trying to kind of add on and, and adjust that model. And so we work, uh, we've worked for many, many years with the United Way through their Working Bridges program. And we have an on-site resource coordinator who's someone that um, is really there to support employees with any kind of question around economic stability or access to resources in the community. Uh, that's been really helpful for people as they figure out different challenges with transportation and housing and childcare and um, medical insurance and, and things like that. We're just about to launch a new partnership to have an on-site recovery coach in partnership with a local nonprofit that's focused on recovery. And so that's a kind of new innovation we're really excited about and continuing to kind of look at and build on that model of open hiring as we continue to learn and, and kind of move forward on this journey. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. Um, thank you so much for sharing all of that. Shifting gears a little bit, let's dive into B Corp land. How did you all hear about B Corps and when did you decide to pursue it? Um, I think we first heard about B Corps uh, back in 2010. I think I was doing a little one of my stints here in the, like a, almost like a marketing internship or something. Um, and I sort of was looking into it a little bit to see if it was something that Rhino would be interested in. Um, there, you know, on the surface, there was great alignment with Rhino's purpose to impact the manner which business is done, and B Corp and B Lab focused on using business as a force for good. At that time, we did we decided not to move forward with the certification um, for a variety of reasons, but then came back to it in 2013. And at that time, um, I was working full time, and we decided to go with it. Um, again, that we saw the alignment and we also saw an opportunity to continue to align with some of our strategic customers who are interested in doing business in a more socially responsible way. It was very clear to us that eLab really had their ducks in a row and had put together a very impressive and comprehensive um, impact assessment, as they call it, the impact assessment, that really did measure measure what matters. And so, at that time, we said this is the right move for us, um, and we want to be an early adopter and part of this early on. And so we decided to pull the trigger. Once you decided to to apply and to for certification, how long did that certification process actually take? Um, we were actually on the shorter end of the spectrum. I think every every business is on a different sort of trajectory and different journey. Um, we we sort of went for it pretty quickly um, for some from di- some different reasons. But we said, let's resource this, let's make it happen. And I can remember back in 2013, which seems like a long time ago now, I would say it was, you know, a matter of weeks or, you know, a month, month and a half by the time we did it. So we were pretty fortunate. And, and I think that's actually a testament to the business that Rhino had sort of always been. I think you talk to most B Corps, they'll say, you know, we were a B Corp before there was such a thing as a B Corp. And that really was true here. So it was mostly the work was collecting and compiling data. It wasn't about implementing new programs that allowed us to achieve the status. Um, so 
we were able to turn it around very, very quickly, which we were pretty proud of. What do you think was the biggest challenge in that certification process? I mean, it sounds like you guys flew through it incredibly fast, which is awesome. Uh, were there any things that came up that either added value to Rhino that maybe you weren't anticipating coming out of that B-Impact assessment? Yeah, the, the biggest challenge, I think, again, the biggest challenge was just collecting all that data and compiling. Um, it was all things we had been doing, but when you're forced to really put it down on paper or, or prove it, if you will, um, it required quite a bit of resources from a lot of different people in the organization. So I was spearheading it, but I wasn't the expert in many different um, areas of the organization. So I needed to, to partner with colleagues and say, okay, here are these 15 to 20 questions that are going to require a bunch of our time. And so that was probably the biggest barrier is not having people roll their eyes at me and say like, what's he doing now? So, um, but people were really engaged and on board and that's why we were able to get through it quickly. How has being a B Corp certified business and going through that assessment helped Reno Foods? It's helped in a lot of ways, actually, more than we would have, um, I would have said that we had anticipated. So first and foremost, of course, what it really does, like I said, is it helps you measure what matters. So it, it starts to highlight things you do well and also show areas where there's opportunity for improvement. And it doesn't just stop there. It's such a, the, the, the B impact assessment is an incredibly valuable and comprehensive tool that, you know, not only identifies, okay, here's an area where you're, you know, they don't say you're weak at, but there's opportunity for improvement and they don't leave you out to, you know, hanging with how you're going to improve there. there. There's a significant amount of resources that they can connect you with, uh, best practices, organizations that are happy to reach out, ambassadors from different companies that you can connect with to, to work on improving in that area. So that's one major thing. And a good example of that is, you know, we were doing a lot in the community, but um, we were sort of seeing that there was a lot of companies doing offering volunteer time off. And so that was something that we now offer, um, but wasn't previously. And we were able to really, in the impact assessment, connect to different companies like a King Arthur Flower, which is a, a fairly local business for us, um, and learn from them who's been doing that and really doing it really well for a long time. The second, uh, one of the second benefits that was more we weren't expecting was really allowed, you know, being a part of this community, you're amongst peers, you're amongst like-minded businesses who are all really moving in the same direction and, and are motivated and inspired by the similar, um, similar things. And so, as I said before, Rhino's purpose is to impact the manner which business is done. And we've, prior to uh, being a B Corp, we were, actually fairly successful for a small to medium-sized business in Burlington, Vermont, at taking programs like the Income Advance Program or Employee Exchange and, and getting some recognition and spreading that. We're very, very focused on, as Caitlin says, we're incubating what we think are good ideas here that make good business sense and support employees, and then just not keeping them here for our, ourselves. We want them to get out there. We want, we want to spread ripples that we think really are impactful. And what being a part of the B Corp community allowed us to do was do this on a much larger scale. So now all of a sudden you have, uh, rather than a local or regional audience, you have a national and a global audience um, that you're able to speak to and share these ideas with. So not only are we learning from these companies, but we're also giving back and sharing and able to amplify our voice. You know, we, the Income Advance got a ton of recognition and momentum because of B Corp. And as Caitlin said, a lot of the work that is on that on that website 
is, was in collaboration with B-Lab in creating that, that program. So, and, we, you know, we were able to speak at a, one of the champions retreat um, in front of 500 other B Corps about these programs and, um, you know, bring some Rhino employees who are impacted by that program and tell, have them tell their story rather than us telling their story. So, so those are examples of how being part of this community has allowed Rhino to live into our purpose in a way that we never would have um, without the B Corp community. That's so cool. It sounds almost like B Corp was almost like a doorway to collaboration with more businesses. I'm curious, what have some of those collaborations looked like and, and who have you been collaborating with? collaborated with a lot of different businesses. So, you know, as even though we have income advance and we're the ones often telling other companies about it, we also are doing lots of learning around the financial wellness and financial stability space. So when you ask that question, I think of the B Corp Revolution uh, food that they have done a ton of work around financial wellness for their employees. And so talking to them about how they use pay cards to move away from paper checks. We recently implemented that, but I first learned about it a couple of years ago on a call with uh, with their team. So little things like that certainly are lots of different collaborations um, that we do around income advance. Um, and also, you know, as I was talking about uh, open hiring and inclusive hiring earlier, that has really been a really recent collaboration as we have worked very closely with Grace and Bakery to learn about their model and then with other uh, other companies as well to learn. So at the last C Corp retreat, we were talking to lots of different companies that are focused on doing this and really trying to collaborate and learn from them. And so I feel like the more we can all share with each other and, and partner and um, have somebody else have tried something and have suggestions, um, that's certainly how we're how we're learning and getting better here as well. That's great, and and I'm curious too. So so often, I think B Corps, as I think you had said earlier, Rooney, that so often B Corps before certification can say, well, but we've always been doing this, right? Like we're doing this good work. We want to do we want to do well for all of our stakeholders, the environment, community, all of those things. And that usually comes from like a deep-rooted values place. But I think it's also good for business. I'm curious, your folks starting Rhino, was that part of their vision to do have an impact for good? Or was it really that actually doing good is also good for business? Yeah, I think um, I would say it was definitely part of sort of, it was baked into sort of the business from the, from the beginning. So, you know, I've heard my dad speak about how a lot of, what was inspiring him was he was obviously working closely with Ben and Jerry. So that was, you know, that from the beginning, of course, puts you into a group that is pretty top notch and very focused on doing business in a different way. I, I think it for, for my dad, it started as he wanted to, you know, he sort of fell into the business. Frankly, he was coaching hockey as an assistant hockey coach and ended up not getting the, the, the head coaching job. And so he was like, Oh, I guess I got to figure something else out. And so he sort of fell into the business thing to be perfectly honest. And he's always very people centric, people oriented. So regardless of what he was going to be doing, it was going to be focused on doing it in a right way. So, uh, you know, a common saying around here is do right uh, because it's the right thing to do. So uh, that is really baked into the core of who we are and around every decision that we make, we put it through sort of our do right filter. Um, 
And then, of course, like you said, inherently it then turns into it just makes business sense. Um, it, all these programs and practices, they don't work if if they're negative or counter to your business. You know, what we found is they they really um, add to the success of the business in lots and lots of ways. Um, and so, and in turn, then if you're more successful, you're able to invest more into these programs. So it's this great sort of like cycle that builds and builds on itself and allows you to hopefully have a successful business that is very impactful on all of those stakeholders that you mentioned. Who are some of your favorite B Corps when you think about doing right and pushing the needle in that way? Are there B Corps that you aspire to be more like or that you just think do cool things? There are so many B Corps that do cool things that we aspire to be. That's, I mean, that's what you go to these retreats and you're, you know, you're with the folks from Patagonia, you're with the folks from Cabot, you're with the, you know, just some amazing, amazing companies. Yeah, it's, it's inspiring. You, you know, you can leave here thinking, oh, we're doing, you know, so many things well, and then you go and you're like, wow, there's so much more potential out there. That's what's really engaging about this community and is motivating about it is there's so much potential and it just makes you want to sort of raise the bar more and more in certain areas. Um, but we have lots of, I wouldn't, I don't think I would call any of them favorites. I have, we have lots of really strong connections locally and global and nationally. And so I, I certainly can't pick favorites. Although we've got our, our friends right down the road, Ben and Jerry's as our customer of ours. Of course, they're, they're on the top of the list, but we have lots of really close relationships with the, the B Corp community, which we really appreciate. That's fair. Uh, what advice would you give to businesses like ours that are in the process of working through the B Impact Assessment? with it and you know take it at your own pace and make it your own um i really i really love that um one of the founders of, of b lab i heard him say one time you know they're not their their end goal isn't to have everybody be a b corp but they want to motivate people to be like b corps so you know if, if a company is going through using the certification and for whatever reason decides not to pull the trigger or it's not the right time that's fine. There are there's about just over 3,500, I believe, uh, certified B Corps at this, at this time, but there are tens or hundreds of thousands who have used the tools of the B Impact Assessment or Quick Impact Assessment, and that's what it's really all about. You know, it's, it's meeting you where you are, what you're able to opt into, and so wherever you are, it's sort of it's a journey, and you know, use it for what what makes sense. And if you're able to get there and want to want to pull the trigger and certify. There's huge advantages, as, as we've talked about, but even if you're just making step changes by using the resources that are there, that's, that's success. Success doesn't mean uh, final certification. It's going through the process um, itself is really a huge accomplishment. That's awesome. Anything else you'd like to add or impart on listeners, Rooney or Caitlin? I would just reiterate what Caitlin said. You know, we today talked a lot about things we do well, um, but as Caitlin said, you know, we're on a journey and we're always learning and even with these programs, we're iterating. There's things that we run into. We're like, oh, that didn't work. Like, you know, unforeseen issues or barriers that come up. And so we're continually to iterate and learn, um, both with partners or internally ourselves here. So um, we've got a lot of, we still have a lot of work to do, I guess I would put it that way. Um, and so we're, we're not sitting here feeling like we've got this figured out. Um, we love to learn. We love to find mistakes that we're making and try to try to improve the business.
Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, head on over to responsiblydifferent.com to check out the show notes. There you'll find links to where you can learn more about Rhino Foods, the Rhino Foods Foundation, and links to all the other amazing B Corps that Caitlin and Rooney named in this episode. Next time on Responsibly Different, I bring you the final episode of this season. Fear not, there will be many more seasons of Responsibly Different in the future. For the final episode of this season, we reached out to a global brand that is having a local impact right here in our home state of Maine, Luke's Lobster. Luke's Lobster works with local fishermen to supply their restaurants all around the world with traceable, sustainable seafood. Co-founder and Chief Marketing Officer Ben Conniff answered all my questions about Luke's Lobster, B Corp certification, and protecting Maine's coast. The people who live on the coasts need to make their living and they need to be successful in order to get them behind, you know, preserving the environment on the coast as well. So there are many, many win-wins for both the people in those communities, the fishermen and the environment. And our goal has been to identify those win-wins and to work with the community to, to fund them and to make them happen. We're all in this together. Till next time. Be responsibly different. This is a production of Deergo Collective. Music composed by our own Kevin Oates. You can follow us on social media at Deergo Collective or visit our corner of the internet at deergocollective.com.